The following podcast contains adult themes and is not suitable for children. Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. In 1997, a show began appearing late night on BBC Two on a weekday evening. There was no huge fanfare, but slowly but surely, it picked up a really loyal audience who were soon raving about it. That show was This Life, and it was groundbreaking. It felt fresh because it showed a group of 20-somethings in the raw and somehow captured the imagination of a generation who saw their lives being reflected back at them. Meanwhile, younger viewers who caught the show aspired to be like the characters too. It was about a group of lawyers living together in South London, but it could have been a group of accountants or office workers anywhere in the country. This life was very much the 1990s. Several of its stars went on to have huge careers. Two of them, Daniela Nardini, who played Scottish Anna, and Jason Hughes, who played Welsh Warren, have been speaking to MIM's Ashley Byrne. Let those memories come flooding back. Tell us a bit about how it all started for you, Daniela. Um, you know, you were all relatively unknown, weren't you, at the time. What, what had you been doing before this life? Um, I'd just been doing mostly theatre. I've been out of drama school for about four years before I got this life. And how did it come up? How did you learn about it? Um, it was through a, a writer in Scotland called Liz Lockhead. She was friends with the casting director, Di Carling. Um, and they were looking for a, a Scottish actress to play the part of Anna. They were quite specific about it being Scottish. So I heard about it that way. And there wasn't that many sort of um, well-known youngish Scottish actors on UK TV at the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who was around on television that was Scottish at that time, but um, yeah, there hadn't been a character like that, Scottish or otherwise, I think. So when you went for the auditions, was there lots of people going for the part of Anna? I think there was. There were quite a few um, Scottish actresses that were up for it, yeah. And what did you learn initially about what Anna was going to be like? Um, just that she was feisty and um, ambitious and liked to drink, <laughs> was partial to some, you know, drug taking and was sort of had a, you know, a passionate sort of desire for the character of Miles. And so what did you learn about the circumstances? Obviously, it was a load of young people um, living together. But did you know at that particular point right at the very beginning that they were lawyers? Yeah, I knew that they were. It was a shared house full of um, solicitors and lawyers. There was going to be five characters living together. I guess a bit like the sort of friends idea. Um, so they were all friends, and they were all, you know, at the beginning of their professional careers. And of course, you were all thrown together. And initially, it was a, a show that went out. I think sort of late night on BBC Two. Was it? Was it a Tuesday or a Thursday or something? It was a Tuesday, yeah, and I think it was about, you know, nine o'clock. And in many ways, it wasn't really pushed massively at the beginning, was it? You know, it was just there and people found it. But over time, of course, um, it became very popular. Um, yeah, it, they, they just wanted people to find it. They didn't want to do a big kind of um, push with it, you know, on, on in the press. They just sort of let it, they wanted it to develop slowly, which it sort of did and captured an audience along the way. 
And it was tackling lots of issues at the time, wasn't it? You know, it was quite a risque format for the BBC in many ways. You know, there's obviously the, the drinking, the drug taking, the, the sex and the sexuality. You know, there's all sorts of things in there. It was fast paced as well. Yeah, it was very, it was all sort of docudrama style. Um, I think they wanted it to be a bit like NYPD Blue and ER, you know, that was, were around at that time. They wanted the camera to find the actors rather than set up shots. Uh, so it was just a camera basically followed you around. And how did you find that style? Well, it was it was very actor friendly because, you know, because they weren't setting up shots um, that you had to hit, hit a mark and, um, you know, that kind of structure, the camera just sort of followed the action. So we there was really very little continuity. We didn't have to, you know, do exactly the same thing in every shot and you know sometimes it was in the back of our head sometimes it was the side I mean to begin with we were all a bit aware of the camera sort of whizzing around but uh in time we just sort of forgot it was there I think I mean yeah it was certainly the first of its kind I mean you know you're all over the place really getting a bit dizzy really with the camera movements so your character then and, and um, you know Anna's relationship with Miles was very much at the centre of this life, wasn't it? Of course, you've got uh, Millie and, and Egg, of course, as well. But the, the sort of tension between um, Miles and, and Anna was, you know, at the core of this life, wasn't it? You know, tell us a little bit about Anna and how you got into that part. Because I've spoken to a lot of people who really took to Anna. You know, they admired Anna. There was something in Anna that they liked. You know, they thought she was cool. You know what I mean? What was it about Anna and how did you approach her in the first place? Well, I was, we were all lucky in that the writing was so good that all the characters were really outlined within the writing. So we just sort of went with that, you know, we just, with the sort of things that she said, the kind of attitudes she had, you know, I just sort of embraced embraced the script, really. Yeah, yeah, and, and she could be quite shocking at times. You know, she's very much in your face, wasn't she? You know, she meant business, didn't she, as a character? Yeah, I mean, she... She was very forthright, very um, sexually confident, very um, ambitious, I think I would say. Yeah, and obviously this sort of thread running through it of this sort of love-hate relationship uh, with with Miles. You know, Miles was really, let's face it, a, you know, a chauvinistic pig in many ways, uh, but she found him a, a real challenge, didn't she? Yeah, I think that, that she was challenged by him and but also very attracted to him. And, you know, it was that sort of off-on kind of dynamic that, that kind of keeps people interested in, in whether they will or whether they won't. Yeah, I mean, there was that sort of dynamic, definitely. Um, and do you think he was actually interested in her? Do you think Miles was, was interested in Anna, you know, because he didn't always show it, did he? Yeah, I think they were both equally interested in one another, but, you know, they could just never get it together to kind of um, have a, re a proper relationship. And in contrast, of course, you've got Egg and Millie, who were this sort of, in a way, sort of perfect couple. You know, it all became a little bit boring and went a bit sour in the end, didn't it? Well, the, eventually, I think Millie had an affair with her boss and Egg found out about it. But, you know, that was really at the end of the second series. and. Um, there was that, you know, famous punch <laughs> um, that happened. But yeah, it was, um, I mean, it could have, I, I reckon it could have gone on for some time more. It was sort of um, 
surprising from the producer's point of view and from the Beeb's point of view that, that it didn't kind of go into a third series. Um, but, you know, as, as the, actor, the actors were quite happy to move on to other things, I think, at that point, because we sort of, you know, had a, a enough time on it. it. It sort of developed a cult following, didn't it? Particularly amongst 20-somethings. Uh, and um, I think the audience were, were gagging for more, really. They would have loved a, a third series. But um, you'd gone from being completely unknown people to very well-known people, sort of, you know, very, very suddenly. Um, what impact did it have on you as, as actors and on your lives? Well, it was kind of quite an overnight thing. It just suddenly, you know, yeah, we, we sort of became a bit famous overnight it felt like um which was quite frightening to be honest it was a bit it was a bit of a shock yeah it was very heady intoxicating <laughs> toughers there you are toughers like how do you become a world-class cricketer how did yeah, that happen i don't, I don't really know Hello. Russell T. Davis, how are hey, you? Hey, hello, darling. I'm in my airing cupboard. We never saw this coming. The lunacy of what's going on. Dear God, man. A brand new podcast series where Queer as Folk star Craig Kelly chats frankly and honestly with celebrity guests about themselves, their lives, and how they're coping in lockdown. I'm phoning the legend that is Chris Marshall. Hello, mate. Marshall, man. What would you rather eat, a worm sandwich or a slug smoothie? It's got to be a worm sandwich, mate. The protein. <laughs> Kelly's Heroes. Lockdown. Listen now at craigkelly.co.uk. Distinct drama. Fresh and original. Mr. Fenn, I assure you that I have not come here to murder you. However tempted I may be. A terse 40-minute drama set in a US correctional facility. Oh, I see. You wish to be sent to the electric chair. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 Mr. Fenn. That would not do at all. Starring the award-winning Joe Sims. In short, Mr. Fenn, you are what may be regarded as disposable humanity... Don't you dare think that I started all of this out of political ambitions. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Daniels, I do think that. And to show you that there is such a thing as redemption. To show you that you are educable and have potential. Show me? Show me, Mr. Daniels? I think you're done showing me my potential. As we forgive them. Available now. To place yourself in the center of a dream doesn't make it a bad one. And this dream, my dream, in whatever depths of despair it may have been born, has become the start of something real. Listen at distinctnostalgia.com or search for Distinct Drama wherever you get your podcasts. It covered lots of controversial subjects which connected, well, controversial in the mainstream, I suppose, but connected with the audience of 20-somethings at the time. So, you know, we're going to talk to... uh, um, uh, Jason, who played Warren, and um, you know he had the therapy side of things. Um, he was gay, going to therapy, etc. I identify a little bit with his um, his character, and I'm sure that'll come out in the in the interview with with Jason. Um, but it also tackled you know the drug taking, the drinking. There was all sorts of tensions and things in there, uh, which made it very real, didn't it? In in a way, it was definitely breaking new territory on the social side of things, wasn't it? Well, I think mostly, you know, characters had been 
portrayed, you know, if they if they'd done drugs, you know, there would be some sort of dreadful kind of um, ending to them, you know. Whereas this this the the show wasn't really interested in morals. It was more interested in portraying young people as they were. That you know, young people drink and they you know they dabble in drugs and you know they 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 come through the other side and you know there doesn't have to be a big consequence to that yeah i mean it was very raw wasn't it you know i i remember watching it as a young person at the time a 20 something at the time um and, and feeling that you know this was you know this was authentic this was real it was it was definitely connecting with uh, with with the 20 something audience at, the, at that time and I also think it came from the way in which they shot it as well. You know that, that that those camera movements actually made it feel even more real than 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 it would be otherwise. You know. So yeah, it developed a you know a cult following fairly quickly, and and people loved it. And if it had carried on, um, there were early signs, weren't there? There were signs that it, characters would new characters would have evolved, and or or, or, or the smaller characters. Um, would have got bigger roles. You know, it wasn't just about Millie and Egg and uh, Anna and Miles and Warren, was it? You got 30, you got the, the, the people who worked um, in the lawyer's office alongside the, the, the barristers and solicitors. So there was a lot of scope there, wasn't there, really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they'd introduced quite a few new characters and there was a lot of scope. I mean, I reckon they definitely would have gone into a third series nowadays you know because it generated such a lot of attention and a lot of viewing figures so um it would i think it would have definitely gone into a third series when you look back on it now and you see your you know your, your younger self uh, staring back at you um w what do you think about it do you think it stood the test of time well i kind of caught a an episode when it was re-shown on bbc2 um and yeah, I think it does kind of stand the the test of time. It's still, I mean, it's still people seem to really enjoy it. Um, but it's, it's, I didn't really watch it that much. So um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it did stand the test of time. You, you, you can tell me. Yeah, I think it does definitely stand the test of time. The only thing that, of course, is different is that you do realise that um, it's a different century because there's... Uh, you know, there's not the, the 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 proliferation of mobile phones and technology and the internet and all the rest of it. You know, this was the 90s and, um, you know, life's changed a lot since then in that way. You know, not all for the better, in my view. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you probably get asked this question a lot as an actress, but, you know, how much of Anna is in you and how much of you was in Anna, as it were? Um, I think, you know, all you've got as an actor is yourself to kind of work with um so it's really that and the script that you know um inform how you're going to play it uh but yeah you know i think there's 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 obviously traits of me and her and um of her and me you know it's just sort of you've just got to kind of use the parts of you that work with the with the with with what's written down on the page. And, and Anna, of course, had a fling with Egg's dad at one point in this life, didn't she? Yeah, I never quite approved of that. Um, I didn't think he was attractive enough. <laughs> I was expecting someone like, um, I don't know, George Clooney to be like my, uh, no, it was Egg's dad. 
Um, but he all. <laughs> I'm sure you and the actor got on very well. <laughs> yeah, Paul Paul Copley's um, a lovely um, actor. Of course, Andrew Lincoln and Jack Davenport have have, have gone on to big things in America and um, Jason's done a lot of big things here and you've done lots of great things. It was definitely a, a launch pad for the cast, wasn't it? I mean, do you think it, it really did help your careers? Oh, yeah, it helped all of us. It was, you know, it, it gave us our careers, really. It kind of um, opened the door to many things, yeah. Because your character was such a strong character, did you find that... Um, you you know after this life you tended to be a, a bit typecast by the role yeah i think physically you know the way you look physically um kind of informs the kind of parts that you get offered and um yeah definitely that i was went into play quite a lot of strong feisty women yeah i was disappointed that they didn't keep you on in two doors down because you were you were in the uh, in the pilot of that weren't you I was in the um, the the Hogmanay special, um, yeah. But I think they decided because what was funny about her was that she was drunk the whole time. That they thought that they just they couldn't just have a character drunk <laughs> the whole time. And then they gave another one of the characters um, a lot of sort of drinking, and, and yeah, they didn't need two of us. I mean, that's a show that's gone and done really well, and. Uh... You know, I, I love it. I think it's great observational comedy, and there's not a great deal of observational comedy today. And I think it, uh, uh, um, it's really, really good. Um, what's sad about it, though, is it's tucked away on BBC Two, and a lot of people don't really know it's there. You know, um, I think it should be given a bit more prominence. Really. Now, I gather you you filmed it, didn't you? This life in in a sort of warehouse that was all decked out and stuff. You know, t tell us a bit about that. That was in series two. We shot it in a warehouse. Um... In series one, we filmed it in a house very similar to, well, it was in the actual house, you know, <laughs> what am I trying to say here? It was, yeah, in a house, <laughs> like a four-story house. I mean, did that pose any real difficulties? You know, the fact that you were, you were filming it in a, in a real place, a real house, rather than a TV studio, as it were? Um, no, um, I don't think so. I guess it, it just felt very, for us, both, both sets were just, just for the cast of this life whereas if you're in a studio you know there's other productions going on so we kind of owned it you know it was it was ours when you look back what do you think you got out of it most you know you, i'm sure you got lots of friendships out of it of yeah. course but you know as an actor what, what what did it teach you doing this life i think it um in some ways we were really quite quite spoiled with with the whole production because it was so such fun to work on and and very actor friendly i mean the the executive producer uh tony garnett you know he he want he'd done a lot of work with ken loach and you know he did productions like kathy come home and kess and you know he he was really interested in the inner life of the actor and or the inner life of the character and Quite often, you know, you get scripts that you, that don't kind of pull that out of you. So we were, we were really lucky to have such great scripts and you know such a good cast. You know, such good directors. You know, everything about it. You know, it it was a you know kind of a standout piece of work for me. You know, it's something that I'll you know always remember fondly.
and, and to a lot of us, of course, you'll you'll always be Anna, won't you? Yeah, I don't know about nowadays. I'm like 23 years older, but <laughs> yeah, and that brings me to my next question. You know, um, you are 23 years older, and, and and the acting profession in this country can be quite um, you know ageist, can't it? Particularly uh, to women. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, how have you found it? How do you find you know finding roles um, for you at your age you know I, I say a woman of your age it makes it sound so you you're 80 or something but uh, uh but, but the reality is isn't it you know that, that there is a lot of ageism in the industry totally i mean i think actors you know male actors are they're sort of allowed to grow old in a different way than women and if you're a woman that was you know like i played a character that was very sort of um vivacious and and sexual that you know that you're not really considered those things as you get older you know you the, the parts change but you know that's inevitable you know you start playing mothers and then you know I haven't played a grandmother yet but you know that's probably coming I mean there was a, a film wasn't there called The Mother I think it was uh, which starred Anne Reed and uh, Daniel Craig um, in about ooh, I think it was about 2002 2003 uh which really turned things on its head didn't it you know she was an older woman i think in her 60s maybe in her 70s i think um who um went to live with uh i think a son uh and uh ended up uh having an affair with uh daniel craig's character who was the the handyman doing some work on uh on her son's house and um, yeah, it just completely turned things <laughs> on on its head. You know, here was this this, this woman sort of uh, um, seducing this young man that um, at her age kind of thing, and uh, yeah, it made people think. I think, and um, and 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 Anna was was pretty. You know, she was pretty predatory, really, wasn't she? And 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 now usually it's the it's the blokes for good or bad, depending on the story, or the ones who are chasing the. You know, the woman, though, they've been the ones who have been predatory. And, and for it to be uh, turned on its head and to be to have a, a, a woman being in that sort of role, um, what was that like for you? That must have been uh, quite challenging in many ways. Because she was, you know, she had a reputation as a bit of a man-eater, didn't she? I mean, were you comfortable with it? Um, no, I mean, she was, she was quite predatory, Um towards men and I think she she obviously was someone that enjoyed sex and and wanted to express herself in that way and the fact that she never properly got together with Miles you know she she was open to other other affairs of the heart or of the head <laughs> and if I remember rightly didn't she have a, a bit of a fling a, a little affair with uh um Joe the the barrister's clerk who of course was played by uh John Shepherd. Yeah, brief sort of thing with him. Uh, yeah, I do remember that little affair between Anna and Joe, and I think he, he was uh, he he was quite smitten by her actually, and uh, um, he found himself rebuffed uh, by Anna um, <laughs> after that sort of that fling. There, there weren't actually that many. I mean, people say, "Oh God, she," you know, she was a man eater, or whatever. But there were. I mean, in the, the course of about more or less three series it was you know I think there was only maybe about four you know so it wasn't like you know massive but what not what, like Love Island no <laughs> what I mean is I suppose is that it, it it's it's been the norm over the years for and I know there's a backlash against it now but there's been a norm over the years for men to be you know predatory and looking after the women you know think of the carry-on films all that kind of 
but it's not all it's not always been the norm to see it in women or not always been accepted that kind of thing that actually women can be you know can can actually well women can actually be sexual and want to want to have sex and enjoy it you know that's not often celebrated maybe birds of a feather with dorian you know that's that that kind of character exists but generally you you, you tend not to get that do you that, in a way that was that was probably new territory on tv at the time wasn't it um, yeah i i think it definitely was new territory um for a woman to behave more like a man, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, that she was really upfront about it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Millie was directly the opposite, wasn't she? she yeah, was... she was, although she was the one that had the affair behind her husband's while her, her boyfriend's back. The quiet one's the worst, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so do you keep in touch with each other, all of you? We've all sort of lost touch a bit over the past few years. Everyone's had kids and... Um, and probably lost a few phones along the way and and people aren't living or oh, we were all living in London and I think I think it's just Amita who lives in London now um, so you know we haven't we hooked up when we did the 10 years on um, episode but we haven't really sort of kept up I think I'm Facebook friends with Jason and Jack and you know we hear about each other and but we've, we're not sort of in each other's pockets like we were. And of course, this life went on to spur on other things as well, didn't it? You know, I remember something that was quite raw not so long after this life actually called, I think it was Tinseltown. I think that was uh, set in Glasgow where you are. And uh, that was, yeah, that was that was raw. You know, there was a, it, it was quite near the knuckle. It was, it was young people, uh, the reality of, uh, of Glasgow at that time. Um, it definitely blazed a trail, didn't it? Yeah, I think it. I think it definitely. There seemed to be well. There was an appetite for, for young people to to be portrayed in television as they are more than you know what they should be like. So when you think back at you know the things that you've done over the years, theatre, you know, TV, film, where does this life sit when you look back at your career? Oh, life changing. Um, you know, right up, up at the top of, of just being a very exciting, lovely time in my life. Uh, I met some just great friends and, um, yeah, we had a, an absolute ball doing it. You know, there's, I think we'd all say the same thing, that it was just great, great fun. And do you remember the times away from the set? You know, do, do you, uh, did you all enjoy yourselves when you were doing it? Yeah, we were really close. We, I think, we just all adored one another. It was just, it was just a really special job. So it's, it's, it's up there with me on the very top. Obviously, you came back for the tenth year anniversary. You did an episode, didn't you? Uh, looking at where they all are now, kind of thing, or where, where they all were then. Yeah. Do you think there could be more of that? You know, do you think we could be looking at, uh, you know, uh, finding out what's happened to uh, this life characters in middle age. <laughs> <laughs> I very much doubt it. I think I um, I saw an interview with Jace that said they wouldn't be able to afford Andrew Lincoln, um, but that's probably true. But I think you know it, that's that's not going to happen. I don't think people would be interested in seeing them all kind of aging anyway and old and fat and all the rest of it. <laughs> I don't know. We might do. Um, Daniela, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for uh, speaking to Distinct Nostalgia. 
Um, you're very welcome. Thanks a lot. And in next week's main Distinct Nostalgia episode, next weekend, I'll be speaking to Jason Hughes, who played Warren in This Life. Now, stand by for some information about other things that we're doing here at Distinct. There's a treasure trove of nostalgia, drama, comedy, and of course, our Mind of the Month quiz on a Sunday. Listen to this. Take 23. Distinct Comedy presents... Oh, hello. I'm uh, I'm Jolien Karp. I'm, uh, I'm doing a voiceover. Oh, hello. Experience a day in the life of voiceover guy. Take 13. I'm playing a pirate. Are you sure you're in the right place? Written and performed by Jonathan Kidd. Take 24. Aha! Splice the main brace, me hearties. Get on down to Captain Jacob's boat supplies. Sail is now on. Get it? Oh, good. Let's treat that one as a run-through. Aha! Available now on the Distinct Comedy Podcast. Okay, then. Can we do a series of less piratical wild ahas in threes and we'll splice them on? That okay, Paul? The trials and tribulations of a life spent in voiceover. Sorry, I only have two lemon with honey. I'd like my coffee. I shall scream without a coffee. New and original comedy. Softer. Aha! Well, actually, on reflection, I'm not happy with them. I like what we had, all rough and piratey. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or I might have to give you a black spot. That was blood out of a stone. Won't use him again. This is Distinct Nostalgia by MIM, the home of a regular quiz testing your TV and film knowledge. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek, so can you ask me some questions on that, please? I absolutely loved Pip Play. Was that presented by Susan Strength? I'd like to have some questions about Coronation Street in the 90s. How would you like to be crowned Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month and win a Distinct Nostalgia mug in the process? If you think you could answer random questions on both a chosen subject and if you get to the final TV and film general knowledge, then drop us a message now on the contact page of the Distinct Nostalgia website, distinctnostalgia.com. Drama. Fresh and original. We're not here to cause damage. We just want a hearing to be heard like any citizen of this country. Distinct Drama presents Sylvia. Men working in the same factory have time for lunch simply because they are men. Written by Leslie Strachan and directed by Colin Guthrie. You have no voice here. Only the father has the right to ask. Distinct Drama presents a powerful exploration of the relationship between the Pankhurst sisters. We will not bargain for the vote. Burn, maybe. Not bargain. A Leslie Strachan production. Your hunger strikes are not for nothing. We will not be eclipsed by who my sister is sleeping with. Available to listen now. Search for Distinct Drama wherever you get your podcasts. Or go to distinctnostalgia.com. Christabel is losing the membership. Militancy surrounds us. The government is running scared. That is the opportunity. How can you be so blind? Distinct Comedy. Fresh and original. Hello, officer. I want to report a robbery. A new series about the secret world of nocturnal security. Yeah, I ordered a Chinese from the Golden Moon and they forgot to send me a can of Coke. A distinct comedy presentation. Well, yeah, I consider it an emergency. I'm gasping here. That idiot on the day shift stolen the last of my flicking tea bags. Barry Pigeon protects. Well, I'm telling you, if you lot don't sort this out, it's going to be like big trouble in Little China down here. Follow the exploits of Barry Pigeon, the best night security guard in Chorley, as he discusses everything from his wife... She were too big for Zumba, so she signed up for Bumba. 
It's like Zumbrona, they just sit on their ass and flap their arms around a bit. To his favourite food. I love eggs, bloody love them. Poached, scrambled, fried, <laughs> scotched, cream. I love them all. From Andrew Birtwell and Kurt Brooks, starring Roe David McClelland. And guest starring Royston Mayo and Bruce Jackson. Columbo meets Sherlock, that's me. Barry Pigeon protects. I know what people think about this job, but it's not all sitting on your ass, drinking brews and watching Challenge TV. Uh, I sometimes bring a book as well. Watch now at distinctnostalgia.com. Dear Miss Jones, may I call you Clementina? Firstly, may I say how nice it was to meet you in the park yesterday. Distinct Comedy presents Letters from one Border Terrier pup to another. Apparently, socks that cannot accommodate toes because they have large holes where said toes should be fail to fulfil any real purpose. Based on true events seen through canine eyes. I now know that I'm definitely afraid of both heights and, not surprisingly, of big ladies. Dear Clementina, New episodes every Thursday. Available to listen now at distinctnostalgia.com. Sincerely yours, Stanley Burke. Woof! Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And you can hear lots more programmes via the Distinct Nostalgia player. There's Hartley Hare and a Pipkins reunion. So, Hartley, nice yes, to hello. meet you. Can, I, can, I, can, I, can I shake you can your shake paw? can shake my hand, yes. Is it a paw or well, a hand? it's a paw, really. Paw. I call it a hand. <laughs> I remember you going to the dentist. Oh, yes, I went to the dentist once. And Did you I weren't very one? happy about it, no, were you? No, I wasn't you? very happy about it. I hated it. Corrie and Carry On star Amanda Barry remembers being a children's TV presenter in the 70s. Because it was live, they were always either overrunning or underrunning, so there were mad people waving at you. Mm. I remember one day we were really underrunning. Running. So I hopped on the wall and walked along it. Oh, I got in such trouble. They said, you are teaching children to walk on walls. We're back in Hartley to meet the original female inspectors from Juliet Bravo. So when you come to do any filming, you've got this skirt on and this jacket and the coat was cold. The hat, the first hat we wore wasn't reinforced. It wasn't a helmet. And I had a handbag. No pockets. There wasn't a single pocket in my jacket. I mean, talk about ill-equipped. <laughs> and there's even an appearance from Gonzo in our great Muppets reunion. Dr. Gutnick works on me. I've had my nose lifted. I've had, you know, everything fixed. Everything's been lifted. <laughs> These programmes and many more are all available now at distinctnostalgia.com. Get in touch via the Contact Us page on the website. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.